Torah is God's light, and we the Jewish people are the candle that are supposed to bring that light, or Lagoyim, to become a light unto the nation. And from the time that Moshe Rabbeinu translated the Torah into 70 languages, part of our mission has always been to translate the Torah and bring it into vessels of language and explanation and experience. This has been our mandate since Sinai and continues until this day. We all ask in davening, give us our portion in Torah. We all have those aspects of Torah that we need to illuminate our souls and through which we have to illuminate the rest of the world. But the challenge always is to find the language, the right language, to understand something, to be able to really internalize what something means, and then be able to translate it. And that has always been challenging, and it gets very frustrating throughout history. A personal pet peeve of mine is how so often throughout history, those that were the ones that brought Judaism to the outside world, to the other nations, etc., or very often those that felt alienated from Judaism or very often didn't really understand the depth of what Judaism is, whether it was Philo of Alexandria, that how many academics based their whole understanding of Judaism on this Jew Philo of Alexandria, with which all due respect didn't present the Yiddishkeit that most of us know, or whether there's the more modern history, Kant and Hegel and all modern thinkers got their Judaism from Moses Mendelssohn. So the 20th century Jewish greats like Rav Soloveitchik and Rabbi A.J. Heschel and Martin Buber, etc., they already tried to show from a Jewish perspective, each one according to their way, what the phenomenology, what the experience of a Jew is in their language. But to this day, when it comes to the experience of Hasidim, the experience of Hasidus, what Hasidim really live, their life, their inner world, we have glimpses perhaps here and there from descriptions in different svarim, the Piazetzner and the way we see stories, etc. But the Judaism, the Yiddishkeit that they lived, we really don't have... It's hard to really even understand, let alone experience their inner world. That type of Judaism hasn't yet been really given over. And even though today there are more academic books that do research Hasidus, and, but it's still that inner life, that inner life of a Jew, of the neshama, of the soul, that can never really be given in language unless one experiences it. But that's why, unfortunately, when one hears certain ideas said about Hasidus and one focuses on the language without really understanding the inner depth of the whole context of the life of Hasidus, like anything else, like any branch of wisdom could be watered down and made so shallow by turning it into simple slogans. And one of those slogans that people say about Hasidus and through it make Hasidus into a caricature, into silliness, is when people say that Hasidus is about always being besimcha. Mitzvah gadol liyais besimcha tomer. It's a tremendous mitzvah to always, always be besimcha. And then people extrapolate that means that Hasidus says one has to always be happy. And so you have some people walking around with these plastic smiles attached to their faces, like they make their face 
perpetually in a smile, even though inside they could be dying and suffering and in terrible agony and themselves deny what they're going through within the, with, 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 inside their own selves. And many people could live their life completely misunderstanding. What does that mean that Hasidus says that one has to be besimcha, tomid? I mean, of course, this is found already in Shulchan Aruch, Tevlev Mishta Tamid, and the Rambam talks about it, and there are differences, of course, in Hasidus' stress. But what's the bottom line? The truth is, let's ask the question in a different way, if we don't want to stick with something shallow. The Gemara says in Brachas, Asr la'adam she'malas chayk piv ba'ilam hazeh, that until Mashiach comes after the Churban, after the destruction of Jerusalem, it's forbidden. <clears throat> Chazal say, it's forbidden that a person's smile should be completely full in this world because of the Chorban. Until Mashiach comes, we can't be fully happy. That group that once upon a time used to be against the, the light of Chassidus, they one of their tainas was how could the Baal Shem Tov and the Chassidic masters talk so much about Simcha and the need to always somehow be besimcha. They didn't ask it from the psychological perspective of that seemingly humanity, no human being ever could always be besimcha. That's just not possible if a person is authentic to themselves, unless a person wants to delude themselves and be slowly alienated from the true self and eventually lead to psychological problems. But the Misnagdim asked that it's against the Gemara. The Gemara says the person is not allowed to be besimcha fully ba'ilam haza. The Gemara says a person can't smile fully in this world. And there were, just some of you might know some rabbis I did that were very careful to be mahader, to not smile fully, never have a really big smile because of that Gemara. So what a Hasidim answer. I, the Gemara says, you can't be simba simcha fully. So the Alter Rebbe at the end of Tanya chapter 34 brings one sentence from the Zohar, which one we have to speak about a lot, Mitzvah Shem, and we will more because... What today is called mindfulness is all based on to be able to work through difficult emotions, especially these days that we're all experiencing, because we're all experiencing days of depression. You know, I'll be admit uh, there are days that I haven't made voice notes because I've had very difficult days of emo that I just just could not be besimcha. There are days that all of us have that we have sad days, and I wasn't able to teach in those days in, in a way that I thought would uplift other people. And we all have to be honest, we all have days where we're sad. And so mindfulness of emotions means that we have to, to be a healthy person, you have to know what you're feeling inside. You can't deny it, you can't pretend you're not feeling it, but the Alter Rebbe brings one sentence from the Zohar that says, that anguish, tears, sadness, pain, grief, is always takia, affixed in my heart on one side. And joy, happiness, is affixed on the other side of my heart. The heart has to have both, the heart does have both always. Sunrise, sunset, laden with happiness and tears. What the Gemara means to say is that until Mashiach comes, we never will be fully happy. There's always going to be pain. We've all had loss in our life. We've all suffered. Some of us are still suffering. Some of us are still feeling suffering from things outside ourselves or inside ourselves. And until Mashiach comes, that's not going to be... And even after Mashiach comes, when Mashiach comes, that's not going to stop either. We're just going to feel that the bitterness and pain is also God. 
But until Mashiach comes, the Gemara means to say, we, every time we smile, you know, like my grandmother used to say when she would hear a beautiful niggin, she used to cry and say, Meher you hear 2,000 years of Jewish suffering in the sweetest nigan, which is true, even in our sweetness and our happiness. There's the thousands of years of pain, of exile, and we all in our inner pain and the ex- exile of the Shekhinah. And the Baal Shem Tov and the Hasidic masters didn't come to the world to say, to pretend we don't have what to be sad about and scared about and be in pain. But what the Zohar is saying is that mindfulness does, means not to be inundated by the pain. Don't let oneself drown in it. Know that it's only on one side of the heart. One has to be aware and mindful of the fact that when you feel sadness, you feel pain, you feel depression, you feel anxiety. One has to acknowledge that it's there, but just not to drown in it. I hope everyone reviewed the never-ending story, that hush of a movie. When like Artax drowns in the sea of sadness, you can't drown in the sadness. What Hasidim came to the world, Hasidim, there were Hasidim that lived through terrible agony and pain, and they knew how to cry. The greatest Sadiqim, the Lubavitch Rebbe, used to weep in public. At the same time, he would be demanding Simcha. It didn't mean he had a plastic smile. But they knew that even though we suffer and we have depression, and sometimes we, we do feel that, but at the same time, on the other side of the heart, there has to be joy. The truth of Achtus Hashem, the Simch of Chesidus, is to know that God is all that exists. And even though your animal soul, who we are right now consciously, might not feel that, but we have to know that inside of us, our godly soul, the deepest part of our heart, knows that now, that God is all there is, and the whole world is a projection of God's thoughts that we're part of. We're actually part of within God before God has a thought. We're projecting the th- world with God. And the Simch is to know that that at any moment Mashiach is going to come and we're going to see that every split second was just another way that we were getting closer to Hashem and being one with the truth of God's unity. That's what Mashiach is. And now to be besimcha, we have to now begin having that joy. When the Hasidic masters said to always be besimcha, they meant to say to focus on that, to acknowledge the sadness, but of course to focus on the truth of Hashem, on the truth of one's neshama, which is always mamish one with Hashem. But... Not to think that one has to pretend that one doesn't have sadness and sometimes, sometimes the tears overcome the laughter. Stress comes from when one doesn't acknowledge one's own inner inner experience. And the opposite, we're all so taken away from who we are by so many external things, gadgets and the election we at least have to know that Hashem does value all the range of our inner emotional experience. And bim b'simcha tamid means, like the Zohar says, that yes, there are times we experience difficult emotions, but at that time we have to know the canvas upon which those emotions can be is through the emuna that we're always also b'simcha, because we're always also in Hashem. So yes, it's a mitzvah gedola to be b'simcha tamid, and as the Lubavitch Rebbe explained, by if one is able to come to a level when one is serving Hashem always, then you could be besimchatamit even consciously. Because then the focus of your life is God. If the focus of one's life is God, then one could be besimchatamit. But as soon as one feels one own, or being, one own inner being, one has to acknowledge those difficult emotions as well. Not add tension by trying to deny them. And that's the inner dance of a chassid. And the more and more we focus on that aspect of the heart or that we have to be besimcha, of the truth of Eina and Milvade, that Hashem is all that exists, then soon we'll see those other aspects of who we are, the difficult parts, the painful parts of who we are, are also Hashem peering out 
through them to us. May we see it finally with the coming of Mashiach. And then, Yemale Shek Pinu, we will always, always be Besimcha.